feeling a bit rejected, but it's okay. Excuse me while I grab some water. Well, it's really fantastic to be here with you this morning, and thanks Pastor Rob and Pauline for having us. I feel like one of the family. I actually work with some of their family in Melbourne, um, which has been fun. Uh, Pastor Rob's brother, one of the million brothers that he has. Um, when you hear the word, like we just say Santos for short. I hope that's okay with you. Um, but it refers not to a family anymore, but to a small nation. <laughs> and uh, it's really good. Uh, I work probably, well, more closely out of all the brothers and with Dave. I think he's the youngest brother, isn't he? And he's the most trouble, that's for sure. So, um, we're just praying for him that he finds Jesus. And, uh, no, nah, not really. He's a good man. It is good. So, it is good to be here. I send greetings from my pastors, Pastor Russell and Sam, and uh, who are the founders of Planet Shakers. And just what God's doing is really cool. And uh, we certainly come humbly before you today, kind of people like, what, you know, how you're doing at Planet Shakers? We just don't really know, to be honest. We're just like any other church, making it up as we go along, trying to hear from God. And uh, we've got lots of things that aren't perfect. Come on, somebody. But it's not about perfection. It's about just having a go and being available, isn't it? And so, thank God for that, as you look at the preacher and say, Amen. Um, I'm married to one woman. And uh, I have three beautiful kids. And uh, they keep me very busy and... Uh, pioneered a, a campus eight months ago as Pastor Rob was saying and it's just going really well we've got a fantastic team God is good but I'm not here to talk about that I'm here to talk about Jesus this morning are you ready for that yeah. I said are you ready for that yeah. I reckon we can just go ahead and just spend maybe just 30 seconds just thanking God for Jesus can we do that can we just thank him right now come on you can clap your hands if you like we thank God for Jesus the one we look to, the one we put our trust in, the one we put our confidence in. Come on, go ahead and just thank him for all the ways that he's saved you. And go ahead and thank him for all the ways that he's redeemed you. Come on, go ahead and praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Go ahead and thank him for all the times he's protected you. Even the times he's protected you that you didn't even know he was protecting you. You thought it was a closed door, but it was God protecting you. We give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for healing us, Father. Thank you for saving us, God. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. You're so good. You're so good. Come on. I'm sorry. I get a, get a bit carried away. I really do. Hey, I reckon if we're going to give a, a standing ovation to anything or anyone, it's him, right? Amen. Amen. He is a good God. Hey, we're going to get straight into it today because I've got a lot to say in a, in a space. Well, I've got a lot of time, actually. Pastor Rob said we finish at about 3 p.m. And so it's cool. It's cool with me. And uh, so excited about that. And plus, well, is my watch forward or behind yours? What's time forward? That's awkward. Um, we're gonna go, we are going to go to the Bible, we're going to go to two scriptures today, and, uh, and then we're going to uh, have a bit of fun this morning. And I, I really hope, I want to just 
talk to you, okay, if, if it's okay with you, just like you're my church at home. And so don't want to just kind of preach uh, you standing to your feet and everyone shouting and all the rest of it. And that's all we do. Um, but I, wanna, I want you to have some take-homes. I want you to have some stuff that challenges your thinking. I reckon you should come to church and be like, oh, that, that hurt. You know, that challenged me, that changed me, because it means that God's Word is trying to adjust something in your life. You know, and you can never ad- adjust what you don't allow God to address. And so we've got to be a people that have an open heart and say, God, address any area of my life. You know, you can't change what you refuse to confront. So here we are, God, speak to us. Come on, let's read the, let's read the Bible. We're going to start in a very dangerous scripture for a guest speaker. The kind of scripture that possibly, you know, I may never leave Port Lincoln alive, let alone get invited back. And so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. You ready for this? Now, whenever a preacher opens with this scripture, oh my goodness. You just kind of like, just put your wallets away. I hope you didn't bring them to church. No, I'm joking. Uh, But let's read this. Then we're going to go to the book of Genesis. The Bible says, no one can serve two masters. This is Jesus speaking. For he, he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Everyone just say that with me. Say, you cannot serve God. Oh my goodness, it's Sunday morning. You cannot serve God. Thank you, Jesus. And mammon. And mammon. Now let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. It's there on the screen if you'd like to read along too. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country. Somebody say go. Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Don't you love that? Don't you love we serve a God that isn't insecure about making your name great? Did you hear that? I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the, Lord, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he set out to Haran. Now, just stop for a minute before we finish the text. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. He was 75 years old, and he set out on the assignment that God had for him. Come on, somebody. I want to I want to say it like this. If you're not if you're not dead, God's not done. Come on. Now I don't care what your past looks like. I don't care what you're going through right now. I'm here to tell you that there is a hope that God has for your future, that he has a plan for your life and it, your your life may be full of chaos and mess and all sorts of things right now, but I'm here to tell you right now, if God can speak to a 75-year-old Abram and say you're going to be blessed to be a blessing, I wonder what's in store for your life. Don't give up hope. If there's still breath in your lungs, come on somebody, then I reckon God's still working in your life. Amen. Sorry, I just got carried away here. He took his wife, Sarai, and his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated. 
And the people, they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Father, we thank you for your word. It is powerful. And Holy Spirit, we invite you once again. We don't want to hear just a message, but we come before you today with open hearts, asking for you to speak to our hearts, change our lives. God, I want to thank you right now in this moment for the power of your word, that your word has power in this very moment to set us free that your word has power to transform us and change us. Your word has power today to come and, 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 and dive right into the deep recesses of our heart and bring healing to areas that we haven't been able to find healing for years and years and years. God, we thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, I pray today that you'd walk up and down each and every one of these aisles. Leave no heart untouched with the message of the goodness of our God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, would you release signs and wonders as your word is being preached? Would all kinds of sicknesses be healed? Would cancer be healed? Would depression come off? We declare it will in the name of Jesus. Arthritis is going to be healed during this sermon right now in the name of Jesus. Eye conditions and irritations are going to be healed. Father, I speak over eczema right now. Holy Spirit, as you reveal it to me as the preaching of your word is, is declared that that skin irritation is going to be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Hearts are going to be softened, Father. Forgiveness is going to happen. Families are going to be restored, Father. All Holy Spirit, because of you. So we welcome you into this moment. We ask for you to speak to our hearts, change our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I want to continue some of the thoughts this morning that Pastor Rob has been talking about, about freedom. Everybody say freedom. About freedom. How many of you know that God wants us to live free? Amen. God wants us in every area of our life to be free. In fact, I believe the ultimate picture of freedom that we can aspire to and look towards is found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. He's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate picture of what freedom looks like. And God, it's in his heart for us, for you and for me to live free. I was sharing with some of the, the team yesterday about how my background isn't just some nice big Christian background where my dad was a pastor and his dad was a pastor and his dad's dad was a pastor and somehow we're related to Jesus. No, no, no my, I come from a broken home. I come from a home that had, I had a lot of issues growing up as a teenager trying to find my identity. But I've discovered the more and more that I look to Jesus, the more and more that I become free. See, a service is not your source of freedom. A service just creates an atmosphere and a platform for you to encounter Jesus through worship, through the Word, through ministry, whatever it is. But that is not your source of freedom. Your source of freedom is Jesus. Jesus has a heart and he wants you to be free. The problem is, is that it's impossible, it's possible, sorry, to understand that God wants us to be free. It's possible for us to have a mental understanding and knowledge that God wants us to be free, but not live out that freedom, isn't it? It's possible for us to have all the information. And this is the difference between information and revelation. Revelation has the power and the ability to touch and transform your heart. 
but information just stays up here. And information's good in one breath, but God doesn't want just the truth of who he is and who you can be to remain up here. He wants it to transform here. I love what Christine Kane says. She says, Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. Because the only way that you and I can really get free is when we open up our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to come and do a work of transformation in our heart. So you can know it in your head, but not have it in operation in your life. Someone say freedom. And see, this is the thing. This is the thing. Freedom, freedom, uh, freedom really, in my head, freedom is, is the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it. In this story here, we, we, we find this interesting story. I love this story. God speaks to Abraham, Abram at this time, and he says, go to your country, go from your country rather, from your people, from your father's household to a land that I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. And, and God introduces this absolutely radical, incredible, amazing promise and prophetic word over who Abram is going to be. You've got to remember, Abram is not that right now, but God is speaking into his now about who he's going to be and how God sees him in his future. And he says, I'm going to bless those that curse you, rah, rah, rah. We get down to verse number four, and it says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. That's critical to see that in the text. Because verse uh, number one, is it? Or where are we? Verse, uh, yeah, verse number one, sorry. says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. And freedom to me is tied up in our ability to be obedient to God. Freedom equals our ability to be obedient. Your obedience is connected to your freedom. You can have faith, but if you don't have freedom, you're going to stay in that place that you were believing about, believing for. You're going to stay, you're going to stay all over here because you don't have the freedom to move. Are you with me this morning? Obedience is connected to your freedom. Just stick with me. We're going to land somewhere shortly. Freedom is connected. So obedience, your ability to go like Abram did, is connected to your, your obedience is connected to your freedom. Your freedom is connected to your identity. Your identity, who you are in here. Your behavior, I've written this down, therefore your obedience your obedience is connected to your identity. And the reason why this is important is because God is constantly speaking to us about our identity. And the reason is, is because our behavior is always consistent with who we believe that we are. Did you hear that? Your behavior is always consistent with who you believe you are. Let me explain. That, well, that, that's really the reason why God goes after changing our heart. That's why the Word of God and, and, you know, Pastor Rob and Pauline or whoever's up here when they're preaching about freedom or whatever they're preaching up, they're always speaking about who Jesus is. They're always speaking about who you are. Why? Because they're trying to reveal the God-given identity inside of you so that your belief comes into agreement with the truth of who God declares you to be because your behavior flows out of what you believe believe inside. 
That's why you can respond to an altar call at times, but walk away the same. Because God's, try, God's mission is to change your, get you to believe about yourself what he believes about yourself. Your behavior is connected to your identity. So often we go about trying to change our behavior. Come on, can we get real this morning? How many of you set some, some New Year's resolutions this year? And most of those resolutions, aren't they? They're about changing behavior. And the reason why most of us, hands up high, the preacher's being honest, repenting in church. And the reason why most of us don't ever keep our New Year's resolutions is because we're focusing on changing a behavior before we're focusing on changing our identity. Your freedom is directly connected to what you believe about yourself. That's why you keep, sorry, I'm just talking to you like I would my own church this morning. I, wanna, I want you to understand this morning that that's the reason why you keep going in that circle around and around the mulberry bush. Why? Because God, you, you need to allow God to change your identity. Why? Because your behavior is just on repeat because that's what's happening on the inside. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. This is the main place that God wants to move and change and transform. See, being a man of God or a woman of God doesn't start with you just being someone of prayer. It starts with a heart change. You becoming a Christian, where does it start? Does it start does it start by, by uh, attending a prayer meeting? No. Does it start by even prayer? No. It, where does it start? It starts in here. It starts in your heart. What happens in your heart? God changes your identity. God starts speaking to you about who you really are in His eyes, not who you are through your eyes. See, the reason, this is one of the reasons why abuse victims or those that have been in domestic violence or those that are grew up in domestic violence, often marry someone that's similar to their father. Why? Because there's something inside their identity that needs changing. They don't really want that. But they keep going back. This is why addiction to uh, drugs and alcohol and all those sorts of things has to happen as a transformation in here. I just want to be honest with you this morning. Your willpower is not enough to save you from what this world has to offer. Your willpower is not enough to save you. I'm just preaching to myself. It's not enough to save Matt Garner from Matt Garner. We need the power of the Holy Spirit transforming our heart so that we are free. And God's ideal for our lives is so that we can one day walk back into those environments, walk back into those situations, no longer bound by the things that bound us, but completely free and be able to then take the light, the love, the transformation that God has brought in us into that dark world. Come on, somebody. That's what God's going to do in your life. God's going to take you to those places to bring healing and ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. He says to Abram, he says, I want you to separate from here. I want you to, I want you to go from here. Everybody say go. Have you discovered a really, can I, I'll just say it like this. Uh, I don't mean to annoy religious people by saying this, but have you, there, there, have you ever noticed like God always says go? That's annoying to me. You know what I mean? It's real. It, it's because it, 
Because it's like, I want to get somewhere and be good with getting there. You know what I mean? But God says, God says, go. God says, go. He says, I want you to go. Leave your country. Leave what you know. Leave your people. Leave your father's household. Go into this land that I'll show you. I haven't shown you yet. yet. I will show you. Just go. And our ability to respond to God's word is connected to our freedom, isn't it? It's not just connected to our faith. It's also connected to our freedom. Go. And he says, separate yourself. And at times, there's been times in my life, I'm sure there's been times in your life where, where you've thought, um, well, maybe, maybe God's calling you into something new or Maybe you're a new Christian. This is the best way to illustrate it. You're a new Christian and, and God's starting to speak to you about, hey, you've you got to leave some of those things. Some of those things are toxic for your life. Some of, those, some of those relationships are toxic for your relationship with God. Some of those things, why? Because they're just going to suck you into an old way of doing things. And it's not that you won't be saved. It's just that you won't be able to see God in those moments. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to put a pause button in different areas of your life. And so, so, so sometimes, some, but there are other times where God says, I want you to go. I want you to move from this place that you are. I want you to separate from there. And at times there's nothing wrong with there. I just know that I can't think like there when I get here. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with there. There's nothing wrong with kind of where we've come from or, or anything like that. But sometimes if we're not careful, our past becomes a limitation. What we've built, what we've accumulated, who we are becomes a limitation. It becomes uh, an invisible prison to our life, the prison of comfort and convenience that binds us up and keeps us trapped and keeps us locked in to where we are now. And I've seen so many well-meaning, amazing, really lovely people all because of comfort. All because of just like, no, doing that's too hard. Moving from here to there is too difficult. This is too, I can't do that. There's too much price to pay. But friend, I just got to, can I just preach honestly to you this morning? There, there's no such thing as convenience in the kingdom. I'm a guest preacher, I can say that. It's about laying down your life, isn't it? It's about taking up your cross. And Christian, Christianity isn't about, church should never be about what we get out of it. It should always be about, number one, what we can put into it. It should never be about, well, oh, the preaching wasn't that good today. We had this weird guy from Melbourne and, you know, he was just, it was just, it wasn't that good. Didn't tick the boxes, you know, he thought he was funny and he wasn't. And it was just whatever, and 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 uh, you know maybe next, hopefully next week when Pastor Rob's back on, obviously it's going to be a whole lot better. And and no, but church should never never be something that we're like. I didn't get anything out of that today. You came with the wrong attitude towards church. Church is a place of miracles when the believers and the people of God come together and say, God, how can I give you my best worship today? 
I don't care who the band is, who the singers are. They're not going to define how much I praise and how much I worship. Doesn't matter how loud it is or how soft it is or who's doing this or who do, who's doing that. I'm here to give something to God. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to give. I'm here to lay down my life so that others can encounter God. I want to thank and honor those that were on the front door today, welcoming people, that are welcoming people in the church, those that are on, you know, different things around the church today, why? Because you've got an attitude that says, how can I build God's house? How can I lay down my life, life so that someone else can encounter God? I want to thank all the ushers and the sound guys, the production guys, the worship team that say, you know what? I'm here to give because I want to create an environment that people can encounter God. We honor you this morning. We honor you this morning. We've got to be a people that are looking towards things, saying, hey, I want to go, I want to step into that, and nothing, not even my convenience, is going to hold me back. Freedom. See, here's the whole thing. You can't get to verse, you can't have verse, uh, verse 1 and 2 without the clause of verse 4. Because you know what preaches really well in this? is like, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to... Those that curse you are going to be cursed. You know, we'd just have a straight-out revival meeting, wouldn't we? Amazing. Yes, God. Yeah. Awesome. This is incredible. But then the Bible says that Abram, so Abram went as the Lord told him. I wish at times in my life I could have responded to different things the way that Abram did. I want to show you quickly in the last five minutes of our time together, I want to show you, I want to show you the reason why Abram was able to just get up and go. I'm out of here. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Like not literally, just metaphorically for the time being. Please no one leave at this moment. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Because that's what freedom's about. Freedom's really about the ability to go, you know what? Pastor Rob, Pauline, there's need this need in the church. I can leave where I'm at right now. I'm not talking about quitting your job. Don't hear me wrong. All right? I'm talking about going, yep, I can, I can go to that. I can fill that hole. I can stand in that gap. I'm out of here. I'm out of where I am here. Enter this place here because I know God's got something for me. I'm out of here. Let let me show you this. I know you're wondering what what does Matthew chapter six have to have to do this do with this. And before we read that, I want to just highlight something really important in this text that I've glossed over for years and years and years. It says he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. You missed the revelation. They set out. They took all of all the possessions they had accumulated. All the possessions they had accumulated. And they set out. And they arrived in Canaan. They took all of their possessions. And they set out to Canaan. You ready for this? 
See, this is a whole thing in Matthew chapter 6. This is the spirit that Jesus is talking to. It says they took all the possessions they had. He took his possessions. Somebody say freedom. He took his possessions. The problem with our Western world today is we can't take our possessions because our possessions really have us. He took all his possessions. And isn't it true? I'm not like preaching against debt. This isn't a financial seminar or anything like that. But I've discovered about my own life, man, if there's one thing that can hold us back is when stuff has us. And most things in life, the spirit of this age, the antichrist spirit is all about trying to seduce us into a place. And we think things that we enter into at times that we have them. But the reality is that a lot of the time they actually have us. Somebody say freedom again. We've got to be a people that understand that God doesn't mind us having things and stuff and possessions as long as those things and stuff and possessions don't actually have us. Our ability to move needs to be found. Uh, The answer in our ability to get to verse number four, so Abram went, can't be locked up in what has us. The thing that needs to have us is God and God alone. Somebody say amen in this church. So Abram went, he went, he just went, and we've got to make sure that we have this same ability to go. No one can serve two masters. He'll either love one, he'll either honor one, or hate the other. You can't serve God and mammon. For years, I used to ask this question, what is mammon? It wasn't until a few months ago that I discovered that I was actually asking the wrong question. The word mammon in the Aramaic means riches. And in some of your Bibles, that word is you can't serve, that word is interpreted as you can't serve God and money. And it's an incorrect interpretation if you're literally translating that word into the English language. The complication is, is it's the wrong question. And the reason why it's wrong is because at the time that Jesus was speaking, he was speaking to an audience that didn't understand what was mammon, but they understand who was mammon. It's not about what was mammon, That's not the question. The real question should be, who is Mammon? Mammon was a a Syrian god. He was the god of money and riches, basically. But Mammon Mammon actually uh, also means born in confusion. Mammon comes from, do you remember that story in the Old Testament about how they, the, the Tower of Babel, how they build this tower right up to the sky and and uh, God comes down and confuses them and gives them all a different language. And, you know, the Bible says that anything that they put their heart to, they could do because they were united together. And God comes down and, and Babel is really a picture of like man saying we can do it on our own. We don't need you. We can just do it on our own. We can get there. And, uh, and this is what mammon means. It means sown in confusion. Sown in confusion. When the spirit of mammon influences us, we believe that we don't need God, we only need money. We only need stuff. We only need things. That's mammon. And mammon wants you to look to God, look to it, sorry, and not God. That's why Jesus was saying you can't serve God or mammon. Why? Because mammon is looking for servants. 
we're going deep this morning. <laughs> Mammon is looking for servants. This is going somewhere. Stick with me, all right? We're nearly done. Mammon is looking for servants. And the problem with the prosperity gospel, can I just be honest with you, from my side, from my take, just simply my opinion, is, is that we don't teach. We shouldn't, our motivation to give should never be to get back. We thank God for sowing and reaping. We thank God that He does bless us and all those sorts of things. And does God want us to be financially blessed and all that? Absolutely. But the problem when your motivation for giving is just to get back, you, you're serving the wrong thing. We've got to be a people that go, you know what? All of my efforts, all of my resource, all of who I am is committed to the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what I get back. I'm just here to serve just like Jesus was. He said, I'm here to serve and give my life a ransom for many. And here I am just with this heart and with this attitude that says, I want to give. See, this is the thing about mammon. Can we put that, have we, Aaron, you got that other slide? Aaron's awesome. Can we thank Aaron for all that he does back there? Or can you go to the next one, that slide thing? This is, this is what mammon, uh, mammon promises us. This is what the Syrian people thought mammon would give them. They thought mammon, if they worship mammon, mammon would give them identity. They thought that mammon, the god mammon, would give them security. They thought that mammon would give them significance, happiness, joy, peace, love. And mammon tries to replace and tries to convince us that it can provide, it promises all these things that honestly only God can really give. Somebody say freedom. You say, Matt, what does this have to do with any, any, anything? It's, it's probably a pretty good question, but the answer is really simple. I'm trying to show you today that your freedom is connected to your identity. Your freedom is connected to what's happening inside of here. And the only way that you and I can leave the place we are into the place that God has for us is when the only thing that has us is God. That when we would let go of all those things that hold us and say, Jesus, here I am. These things have held me for too long. I'm laying them down to you today. I'm not sure what you came here expecting out of a guest speaker. Probably not this scripture and probably not this message. But I'm here to tell you today. I'm here to declare over you today that God's got a life of freedom for you. God's got a life of hope for you. His, his promises are yes and amen. And we've got to now come to a place where we go, God, I'm laying everything down to you. I'm laying down those things. There are some of these things. I sought other places to get my identity, to get my security, to get get my significance, to get happiness, joy, peace, love. I thought I'd find them other places, but I'm discovering that the only place, the only one that's really true to his promises is God. Mammon can never deliver on its promise. That's why Abram the Bible says he took all of his possessions. Wouldn't you like to be in that place? You know, I'm not talking about owning your own home. I'm talking about, I'm talking about being able to live in that place of freedom where you're just like, yep, 
here I am. See, the problem with us is we, we start, the, the band can come if that's cool. The, the problem is, is at times that we're, um, we tend to look at all the physical things as prisons. Do you know what I mean? We're trying to, we're trying to, maybe even as this message is going on, we're trying to look at, well, I don't really have this, you know, I'm not, I don't have all that debt or I don't have this or I don't have that or, but the problem is, is that if we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of us are living in invisible prisons, prisons that no one else sees, but we know are there. God wants us to get free. God wants to realign and speak to your identity afresh and show you who you really are. I'm here to tell you today, and I want to prophesy, the very best days are ahead of you. The very best days are ahead for this church. Pastor Rob and Pauline, this building's way too small for what God wants to do. God's calling this church now like Abram. And this scripture, Genesis chapter 12, is a prophetic scripture for you right now. But I want to bless you to a place that the whole nation is going to be blessed through you. And God wants to do something so profound in your life and through the, the life of this church. That all of Port Lincoln, Lincoln, this whole area gets blessed because of what God is doing in this church. But he's looking for a people that are at verse 4. So Abram went, as the Lord told him. Would you all stand to your feet this morning? Is that all right? You know, tonight, um, I want you to come back tonight, 5 o'clock. It's going to be a phenomenal service. We're just going to pray for people. We're going to move in the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to uh, prophesy over people. We're going to have ministry time. We're just going to have a great time. Um, I had to hold myself back this morning because I was like wanting to just keep worshiping for the rest of the service. Don't worry about the preaching. This is worship. So we're, going to, we're just going to have a party tonight. It's going to be so good. So make sure you come out at 5 o'clock tonight. It's going to be incredible service. Bring the sick with you. They're going to be healed. They really are. God's going to do some miraculous things tonight. I hope you're ready for that. You know, maybe you're in this place. In fact, I believe there are three types of people in this place. There are those that walked in this room today. You're right with God. Maybe you come to this church regularly and you walked into this place knowing you're right with God. Just like you're going to walk out of those doors today knowing you're right with God. You've got a relationship with Him. He's the number one thing in your life. He is your top priority. He is the, you wake up thinking about Him. You go to bed thinking about Him. You love Him with all your heart. You know if anything would have happened to your life, you would have been saved. You've got a relationship with God. You've been made right with God because of the work of Jesus on the cross, dying and rising again for your sins. Second type of person that's here today is you once knew God. You had a relationship with Him. 
But for whatever reason, you walked away from God or slowly in your heart, your heart has just slowly gone hard and cold and drifted away from God. And you walked into the doors today not knowing where you stand with God. And friend, I'm not here today suggesting whether you're saved or whether you're not saved. That's not for me. That's between you and God. But you know in your heart of hearts today that God's speaking to you saying, hey, it's time to put me first again. It's time to give my life back to back to time for me to give my life back to God again and you walked in these doors this morning maybe not knowing where you stand with God and I'm not saying you're a bad person I'm just saying maybe life got the better of you but this morning you know with all your heart that God's calling you to respond and in a moment you're going to respond to this older call and walk out of this place you walked in not knowing where you stand with God but you're going to walk out knowing where you stand with God that you're right with him the third type of person that's here today is you don't know Jesus. You don't know what it is. You've been trying to get your identity, security, significance, your happiness, your joy, peace, love from all these other places. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's a party scene. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's money. I'm not really sure. It doesn't really matter. All to tell you this morning that the only way you're going to find that is through Jesus. And you walk in this place not knowing where you stand with God and in a moment, you're going to respond to saying, God, here I am. I give you my life. Would you save me? Would you change me? Would you do something in my heart? And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed over this place, if you wouldn't mind doing that in this moment, you say, Matt, that's me. I'm away from God. I once used to worship God. I once gave God my whole life, but my heart's just got a bit cold. And I want to give my life back to Him today. Or maybe you've never made this decision before. But God's pulling it and knocking at the door of your heart, saying, come on, let me in. You don't know where you stand with God, but you want to walk out of these doors knowing where you stand with God. You say, Matt, would you pray for me? Can you include me in a prayer this morning to make my peace with God? If that's you, you say, Matt, pray for me. Just quickly raise your hand. I'll see it and you can put it back down again. Say, Matt, would you include me in that prayer? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. You say, Matt, I'm... I'm away from God over this side. Thank you. God bless you. Over in the corner. Thank you. God bless you. You say, Matt, I don't know where I stand with God, but I want to walk out of this place completely sure I'm right with, with Jesus. You say, Matt, can you include me in that prayer? Can you include me in that prayer down here? Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Is there someone else? You say, pray for me, Matt. Pray for me, Matt. I want to walk out of here completely sure. Completely sure. Thank you, sir. God bless you. We're going to pray this prayer right now. And I want you to repeat these words after me. I don't want to downplay this prayer. This prayer is powerful. It's miraculous. Something incredible in your life is going to happen right now. Would you repeat these words after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You took my place upon the cross. So I come before you today. And I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for you to change me. I ask for you to save me. I turn from my old life, from my sinful ways, and I turn to you. Forgive me today. Right now, I declare that I'm saved and that I'm your child. I'm right with God because of Jesus. And I pray this prayer 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Isn't that exciting? You've got to get used to that. Come on, One Heart Church. You've got to get used to so many hands being raised. Phenomenal. Hey, here's what I want to do right now. I've just got a few minutes left. What I want to do right now is I want to, I want to allow you to step out of those things that hold you into this amazing future that God's got for your life. And I've got this weird feeling that a lot of people are going to respond. And so what when, you know, if you feel to, you can come out the front. But what I want us to do right now, is we're going to sing this part, Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. As we're worshiping, I want you to lift your hands like they've been bound. And as we sing this song, I just believe that as a prophetic act, we're just going to thank you, Jesus, you've set me free. And I believe that chains are going to break off you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. So come on, would you do that? You say, Matt, I'm walking out of some stuff today. Come on. I know it's a bit weird. We're weird at Planet Shakers. We do these prophetic acts. Would you lift your hands? And as we sing this song, come on, team. I want you to know that you're walking. You're walking free from this place. Your kingdom come, your will be. 